Hey, everybody. Welcome to Going for Two podcast. My name is Logan Sartain, and I'm here joined by my friend and co-host, Ben Cobb. And this is the first episode, given the second try at the first episode of the <laughs> Going for Two podcast. Woo, that's so, why it's called Going for Two, right? That's right. <laughs> Hopefully next time we'll only have to go once to go for two. But anyway, you know, practice makes perfect, right, Ben? That's right. That's exactly right. That's what the coaches always say. And this is a football-heavy podcast, so it only makes sense. Yep. And you know who's going to get nearly more practice for a single game than anyone else? Oh, boy. Who's that? That is the college football playoff teams. They get, what, like That's two right. and a half weeks before they I know. get to it? Yeah, it's too long. I, I want high-stakes college football games, like, this week. I don't know if I can wait for <laughs> another four weeks, but I guess we'll have to. Wait, you mean you're not psyched for, like, the Liberty Bowl or the Capital <laughs> One finance bowl you know believe it or not i'm not but i am psyched for any drama that ensues uh for any of the players that decide to sit out you know a la christian mccaffrey not participating in his bowl so that's always fun to watch i don't necessarily disagree but it always makes for good debate yeah that's true do you do you think that's a a trend that's going to keep going or are we gonna we're gonna see that fall by the wayside you know, I think it is a trend that's going to keep going. And I think the reason why is because the people that have done it have been, for the large part, successful in the NFL. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey is the main one that's been coming to mind. But also with the plague of injuries that have happened, I mean, Jalen Smith, I think he got injured. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was in their bowl game, I believe. Um, at least, at the very least, it was towards the end of the season, I think. So, you know, just those injuries that – yeah, I think Jalen Smith probably could have been defensive rookie of the year if it wasn't for his injury that plagued him in his uh, season, his last season in college. So I think I don't necessarily disagree, and I think it will be a trend that continues. Um, but it's also a little bit harder if you don't know if you're going to be like a first or second round pick, um, which that doesn't seem to be as cut and dry as it has been in the past. But it will be interesting to see uh, coming up in the next month who sits out and who stays in. For sure, for sure. Well, that's just a little bonus nugget, not something on the docket for today, but something that is um, the college football playoff. Ben, what what are your thoughts? Did the committee get it right? Yeah, so just to kind of give an overview of uh, what the committee did. So going in, it's LSU at number one, Ohio State at number two, Clemson at number three, and Oklahoma at number four. So LSU is going to play Oklahoma. And Ohio State's going to play Clemson. So this is a, a interesting one. Um, I heard uh, one commentator say something along the lines of this year, unlike – it was the opposite of other years, that this year one through four was the easiest to, mm-hmm. uh, to decide on. But then the five through ten was the hardest to decide on. And usually it's the complete opposite, right? Usually it's uh, people have to – talk and debate a whole lot and the uh, college football committee has to talk and debate a whole lot about one through four to try to get it right but looking at I was thinking about earlier today and you know I I really think that they hit the nail on the head and it's not that I don't want to give them a whole lot of credit but I think this one was kind of was easy right I mean the only argument was essentially not if those four teams were going to be in but in what order Um, and I think Mm -hmm. the way that last Saturday played out really kind of 
ordered it nicely for uh, the college football playoff committee to put their stamp on it, right. To list it. I mean, LSU with their just their stomping of Georgia last week. I think it's very evident that they deserve a one spot Ohio state, um, you know, undefeated. They, they had a, a little bit in the first half of that Wisconsin game. I don't know if you watched it or not, but that, that first half of the Wisconsin game was, it was entertaining to watch because it, they gave them a real run for their money. But then I'm sure enough, Ohio state pulled away um, Clemson. I mean, they hung what 60 plus points in a conference championship game. I mean, right. I, I, I don't know if I ever seen anything like that. And UVA, I mean, UVA is not very great, but they put it to my Duke Blue Devils earlier this season, so I don't want to imagine what it would be like if Duke played Clemson. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that the main, the two and three spot was the main thing that you could debate. Uh, and I think that it, even though Ohio State didn't win as uh, lopsided as Clemson did, they still had a much better opponent. And I think that that just makes sense that the two and three were Ohio State and Clemson, respectively. And then Oklahoma kind of got in there by default, right, with uh, beating Baylor and then Utah losing on Friday night, which I actually like that a lot because the Friday night uh, loss from Utah really propelled the Saturday. Like it, it gave the Big 12 championship a lot of um, like higher stakes because the winner of that right. would probably go into the college football playoff so it was really cool how how they went about doing that um and you know so it was I, I guess kind of a default option by Oklahoma um getting into the four seed but I think they all deserved it so yeah to answer your question I do think they they got it right I would agree with you um I do think they got it right I and I agree this was the easiest year to pick the the top four um uh, but you know also maybe the perfect year for an eight team playoff you had mm. uh, teams five through eight were pretty solid you know you you throw in Oregon and Baylor and you know you'd probably um, in the in the concepts that I've seen for an eight team playoff you'd have your power or your group of five top ranking team which would be Memphis which not a particularly strong team this year but in in years past you know you had Houston I think a couple years ago Early on in the season, it looked like SMU was going to be the real deal. Um, I would have loved to see them um, in a major bowl game. But, you know, I think that just adds so much more intrigue. And if even if not eight teams, six teams, and given the one and the two seeds a bye, um, like the NFL style, I think it would be – it would add a lot. It would add, you know um, – it, it makes the conference championships more important because as we've seen, you don't have to win your conference championship to get in. Um, we knew that if Ohio state lost, they were still getting in. We knew that if LSU lost, they were still getting in. And we were pretty sure that if Clemson lost, they were still getting in because there wasn't another one loss team to jump them. Um, it came down to Oklahoma was the only one loss team that that was ranked very highly. So I do think right. they got it right. And I am, I mean, I am excited about watching the games, but man, I would love to see the playoff expand. You know, I, I think I would tend to agree with that, you know, to six or to eight teams. I saw a, a 
projection that was like if they did eight teams this year, what it would look like. And one team that I was very surprised to see somebody put in the eight team playoff projection uh, was Memphis. <laughs> and I think Memphis is was sitting at that point like seventeen. I forget if they played in their championship uh, or not. At the I know that they did. I just don't know if the mm-hmm. ranking happened um, before or after that game. But it was it was interesting projection. Like I I don't know. Do you think that would happen? That every now and then, like a really a, a crazy uh, non power five team uh, would just get in to the college football playoff if it expanded to eight teams? Well, I think they would, and I think they should. And I think the the concept behind that is that you would have the seeding would work by ranking, um, but the playoff spots would be determined by the conference champions of your Power Five conferences. So that's uh, five spots taken up right there. And then one group of five, team your highest ranking group of five team in that case this year it's memphis so right Mm -hmm. now they're promised a new year six bowl Uh, but in an expanded playoff you could foresee um, a team like that making that not just an at-large bid but an automatic bid into the playoffs and i i think it's fair you know they don't often get the chance to to show what how good they really are because you see, like UCF the last couple of years, none of the big teams want to schedule them because it's a lose-lose. If you beat UCF, you know, you're not getting any points in the committee's eyes. But if you lose to UCF, you're getting ran over. You know, you're getting that's, – mm-hmm. that's tallied as a bad loss. So it's, it's going to be an increasing struggle for those group of five teams that are solid, you know, but not elite – to 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 schedule good teams because there's there's no reason for the power five teams to schedule them they're going to either schedule another power five team or they're going to schedule a fcs team from a directional school in maryland you know it it Mm there there's no there's no win for the big teams i think i mean ultimately we're headed for uh, a split and maybe a split off of the power five conferences from the ncaa or just another higher division than division one yeah and and i i agree with that i think it's coming i think it's just a matter of time but what great you know podcast fodder that's going to make right when a uh a subpar power five sec school gets bounced out of the playoffs for a really good school like a like a ucf or something Mm -hmm. coming from a a mid-tier conference man that's that's gonna be all over sports center and i cannot wait to see the debate, but also to see like how that plays out and to see if they can back it, um, you know, like a, a UCF entering the playoffs or something like that, if they would be able to, to, uh, I guess, defend their position for saying that they should be in the college football playoffs. Mm-hmm. So on the college football playoffs notes, so let, let's transition a little bit to the NFL playoffs. I know one of the things we were going to discuss was, um, where we would thought uh, where we would have uh, the college football playoffs end up with LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma. Who is going to end up winning that? But as we said, it is a long, long wait until those games actually are played. So I think one of the benefits to that long wait is we have more time to talk about that within the upcoming week. So I'm going to go ahead and jump uh, to the NFL playoff draft. So this is an interesting segment which hopefully we'll do annually. And this is the first annual NFL playoff team 
draft. And the way that it works for our listeners is that I have a NFL playoff picture pulled up in front of me, both AFC and NFC. Logan and I are going to go back and forth, and we're going to select teams that are in the playoff picture right now, so one through six in each AFC and NFC, that we believe are going to stay in the playoffs. And we did this intentionally. This was Logan's bright idea. We did this intentionally before the playoffs started because we know some of the teams are probably going to be bounced out. Some of those five and six seeds, maybe even some of those three and four seeds are going to be bounced out of the playoffs. So it adds a little bit of, I guess, motivation for watching mm-hmm. the the end of the regular season. Because, I mean, let's be honest, probably not you because I know you're amazing at fantasy, but people like myself, <laughs> I've already been bounced from like winning. I lost in my uh, quarterfinal championship last week so you know really i mean the chargers are out of the nfl i don't have a whole lot of reason to watch the nfl other than just wanting to watch good football but sometimes it's not even that good football if you're a chargers fan like me or if you're in (laughs) panthers territory like me as well so this is going to kind of give me some uh reason to watch the end of the regular season um so logan let's start in the afc so just to give everybody a rundown so the first seed in the afc is actually the ravens who are playing tonight second seed the Patriots, the third seed, the Chiefs, the fourth seed Texans, fifth seed Bills, and sixth seed Steelers. So again, that's Ravens, Patriots, Chiefs, Texans, Bills, and Steelers. And because I started off and because there's your great idea, Logan, I'm going to default to you. You won the coin toss. You get to have – let's do it. Oh, man, we should have done the uh... – I'm not good at like the the music kind of stuff, but you know the sound that plays in the NFL draft. Yeah, we can Um, uh, maybe we we can edit that in in post. (laughs) I like it. Okay, let's we'll leave five seconds. All right, Logan, with the first pick of the first annual. Uh, going for two NFL podcast team playoff draft, whatever it's called. You select. I select the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. And that's for me an easy choice. I mean, I didn't need to take the whole seven minutes allotted one, because that would make (laughs) for a terrible podcast. And two, because I mean, it's, it's the safe pick right now. They don't turn the ball over. They've got a great defense. They're going to trounce the Jets, the Jets tonight. And yeah, I, I don't. No one's figured out how to stop Lamar Jackson, new and improved Lamar Jackson. Mm. All right, so pick number two, Ben, you're on the clock. All right, pick number two. I am going to go with the second seed. The New England Patriots. I don't know if this mm. is a very popular pick. I don't know if a lot of people would do that right now. Um, I, to be honest, I would have, if I had the first pick, I would have picked what you picked. I would have picked the Ravens. Um, I've had Tom Brady in both my fantasy leagues, so I've been watching him a lot this season. And really, he hasn't dropped off. It's his receivers who have just played terribly. And that does make me scared. But that defense, they still have Bill Belichick. Everybody knows that when Bill Belichick knows who his opponents uh are going to be he knows their schemes he knows their weaknesses he can take that and run with it um in the playoffs and if I, I think if you have bill belichick as your coach even if you have some of the worst wide receivers in the league you're going to be okay uh but it, it'll be interesting to see what happens to them but i'm going to go ahead and pick patriots because of bill belichick 
uh, and Tom Brady. If his receivers get it together, I think they can go on and win the Super Bowl, but that's a big uh, if with that receiver's core going on. Sure. So, Logan, we have the Ravens and the Patriots off the board remaining. We have the Chiefs, Texans, Bills, and the 8-5 and five Steelers. It's now your pick. All right, and before I make my pick, I will make it known, you know, uh, remind you that the Steelers specifically are in the playoff picture right now, but the Titans do still have a chance. Um, I don't know if there are any other player or teams really alive, but I will not go with the Titans or the Steelers with my second pick. I will choose Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. They still probably are the most dangerous team in the NFL offensively. And yeah, you know, they're slated at the three seed, probably where they're going to stay. You know, I could see them moving up to the two seed actually uh, over the Patriots. I would pick the Bills over the Patriots right now. I know they play one more time and I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills end up winning that division. Um, But in a three versus... Are, are you not scared? Are you not scared of Patrick Mahomes' health going into it? I mean, I feel like every time that I watch him, he just gets banged up left and right. I feel bad for the guy because he's great, but I feel like he just gets shot every single time. So, no, I'm, I'm not scared, and here's why. Because if I look at the three seed, they're going to play the six seed in the first round. So that's either going to be the Steelers or the Titans, likely. And Patrick Mahomes can throw left-handed better than either of those quarterbacks can throw with their dominant hand. And that's why I would put it solely on the right arm or left arm of Patrick Mahomes. That's where I'm going with my pick. All right. So. Okay. I like it. Your second round pick. Who are you going with? All right. My second round pick. A lot of people may go with the Texans next. I am going to buck that trend. And I'm going to go with the Bills. Ooh. And I don't know if this is so much a, the Bills are an okay football team as it is like the Texans are, you know, I had a tweet last week that was, um, or no, I think I texted you it. Right, maybe I did both. But anyways, <laughs> I said the Chargers were like the Jameis Winston of the NFL. Right. Accurate. Because one week they could just play amazing. And then one play, one week they can just play terribly. Um but I kind of feel like that's the same way for the Texans. I mean, one week they beat the Patriots, and then another week they're getting stomped by the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't know what to make of it. And I think that teams that have that formula going into the playoff um, are, are generally set up for failure because it is a little bit more. I think the Texans, teams that play so hot and so cold like that, mm-hmm. are very much more prone to playing cold when it comes to the high-stakes playoff picture. Uh, you know, Bill O'Brien, I don't know what to make of him, to be honest. I mean, he's what? He's in his fourth, fifth season, and I still don't know what to make of him. I don't know if he's a great coach or a terrible coach. Deshaun Watson, I think he's a good quarterback. I don't know if he's a good quarterback or a great, great quarterback, right? So I think it's more so not that I think that the Bills are amazing, but I I just don't know about the Texans. I'm just worried about the Texans if I I were to take them. Okay, okay. That's, I'm glad that we are not chalk anymore. You know, we've, we've broken off. And uh, so, yeah, that's an interesting pick. I think the Bills are a strong team. Um, but, you know, and I, I can't say that I would have agreed with you on that. I, I, you know, I'm an offensive guy. I lean heavy on the quarterback, being a former high school quarterback. 
back up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, you know, in the battle of Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen, I'm I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. I think he's a, a special talent, which if now I am on the clock, I will not pass up the opportunity to take the Texans. Uh, because I do believe they are a good football team, but you're right. You know, we're getting to this point in the draft where uh, the legit teams are are off the board, and what we're left with are the the Texans and uh, you know, who between the Steelers and the Titans. So I'm going with the Texans. So like now it. we we are come we have come to the last pick on the AFC side. What's it going to be? Well, I think uh, I am going to take the leap. And, you know, early in the season, take the and, and win the Super Bowl. I mean, oh, I mean, can we just say, like, what a job Mike Tomlin is doing? I mean, maybe Ben uh, – Antonio Brown, obviously, they all left and 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 but and they're just still doing it, you know. Mason Rudolph, he's been banged up so much. I mean, they are still in the wild card uh, position, which is just amazing. Um, I I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but that would be really cool to see. I think. Um, so we will see again the Titans and the Steelers. That's going to be an interesting race down the stretch with Ryan Tannehill surprisingly playing some very mm-hmm. good football right now. So let's go ahead and move to the NFC. So the NFC playoff picture currently reads as the first seed is the San Francisco 49ers. Like the second seed, Green Bay Packers. Third seed, New Orleans Saints. Fourth seed, the Dallas Cowboys. Fifth seed, the Seattle Seahawks. And sixth seed, the Minnesota Vikings. So again, that's the 49ers. Uh, Packers, Saints, Cowboys, Seahawks, and Vikings. And so, the Eagles still have a chance to win their division, and they would be the uh-huh. four seed at that point. And then I don't know if there's anyone else. I guess the Rams are still in play yeah. for a while. I think card. you and I still have a chance to. You and I still have a chance to win the NFC East. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, yeah. We could come up with I enough wins. Anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that division. It's terrible. Yeesh. Yeesh. So, Ben, as the gentleman that I am, I will, you know, I got the first pick in the AFC. I'll default to you. First pick for the NFC is yours. All right. I appreciate it. I am going to go with the first seed, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Reason being, you know, we talked a, a little while ago if the 49ers were for real. I think it's shown that they are for real but more importantly you know like the Patriots I like that they have a really strong defense um I think Kyle Shanahan is doing a fantastic job with that offense but any team is riding their defense to uh, success I think that is uh, a really good formula for going deep into the playoffs um I think that they are going to be a very interesting team especially going against those high-powered offenses in the playoffs I mean I would say just about all of those offenses in the NFC 
Uh, our high-powered army, you have, you have Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Zeke and Dak, who's thrown for a lot of passing yards, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, who's playing great. I mean, those that's going to be really fun to watch. Those NFC playoffs with the 49ers defense going against the high-powered offenses and superstar quarterbacks that are in that uh, playoff, if, if it ends that way. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and take the 49ers for the first pick from the NFC playoff draft. Logan, second pick. You're on the clock. All right. I'm trying to make a trade, but it's it's not going through. So I'll go ahead and, and make the pick. I'm trying to read your mind and see what you're going to do with your second pick because, oh, I'm in between two teams. But I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints. Mm. I, I'm going to trust in the team that's been there before. Um, I'm going to trust in Drew Brees, and that defense is, is really good. Um, I don't want to give too much away on why I'm not going with another team other than the saints, because I want to see how you play this year, because I'm crossing my fingers for another certain team. Definitely not in the NFC East. So with the third, take the Cowboys. Oh, I'm there. If you (laughs) stick me with the Cowboys, we're not friends. I'm just kidding. All right. we'll, We'll see what happens with that. All right. You're up. Second round, NFC. All right. Um, I think, you know, after playing Madden with you for many, many years, I think I know where you're going with the other team that um, you want. Um, and I th- – so just to keep everybody in mind, Green Bay Packers, second seed, Cowboys, fourth seed, Seahawks, fifth, and Vikings, sixth. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. No! And was that – I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, I, I know how many times you picked the Seahawks to play me in Madden. I, I you know, that's I, I kind of can read your Madden mind right now, and I knew you were going to use it oh, here. Oh man, I knew I should have picked them with my first pick. And if I had the first pick in the whole NFC, I might have gone with them. Wow. But I'll be okay. I'll be all right. I, I, I mean, I'm. That's a great pick. I think they're better than. I think they're a better team than the 49ers. I really do. Mm. Hmm. Bold. I mean, they went toe to toe in that. What Monday night overtime game uh, mm-hmm. about a month ago or so? That was a great game. But the reason why I picked them was because the Packers. I don't know, just the Packers yeah. in the playoffs. I I just have never felt easy about it. It'll be interesting to see with the new head coach, Mike McCarthy's not there, and people think he's the reason why they haven't had so much uh, playoff success in the past. So we'll see about that. Vikings. I don't know. I mean, it's just I think that they're a. Very much like the kind of like the Texans in the AFC, they just kind of gamble. You never know what you're going to get with the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then same sentiment as you when it comes to that NFC East team. So off the board, we have the 49ers, and then we have the Saints, and then we have the uh, Seahawks. Logan, joining your Saints, which team will it be with the fourth seed? I, I liken this pick to the Cowboys picking Randy Gregory in the second round you know <laughs> this team has this team has problems uh and maybe discipline problems honestly with their trip to california but um you know it's good value at, in a second round pick and i'm going with the green bay packers you know i do not trust them as far as i can throw them and i can't even throw as far as aaron Rodgers. so it's not a whole lot of trust i have in this team but i do trust them more than the vikings and kirk cousins because it's likely that one of these games will be played in prime time so that's that's my decision making here all right that makes sense i like it 
Yeah. All right. So you're on the clock then. All right. Cowboys or Vikings. So we basically got the four seed Cowboys projected as of right now, if playoffs were to start today to win their um, division and then the Vikings come in at the six seed finishing second in the division behind the Cowboys. I mean, excuse me, behind the Packers as of now. I'm going to go ahead and, oh man, this is tough because like there's the four seed Cowboys and then there's the six seed Vikings. I want to pick the Vikings, but they're also the six seed. So they could get bounced, right? You know, they could be out of the playoffs. Um, That's true. So it's a gamble either way. And I'm going to go ahead and gamble on the Vikings. I'm going to go ahead and take the Vikings. I think that they're playing well. Kirk Cousins is actually showing um, to be pretty consistent. His receivers have gotten it together. That O-line is looking better. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Vikings with my pick. And that leaves you, Mr. Sartain, with the proud owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Well, not necessarily. I still have a choice in this matter because the Eagles can still beat the Cowboys ooh, and win ooh. that spot. The, so, so, do you think that's, let, so you're going to pick between those two. Interesting. Yes, Interesting. Let, let me weigh my options here. Okay. On on the podcast, just think out loud. Give give everyone, all the listeners, a glimpse into Team Sartain's war room right oh now. Gosh, this is dangerous. So <laughs> we're looking at you know the Eagles. Uh, you know the Doug Peterson, Super Bowl he- winning head coach. You've got Carson Wentz, the North Dakota Wonder Boy, and you've got one healthy receiver, Greg Ward. Out of who was a quarterback at Houston, and you have like six tight ends, <laughs> or you have an offense that features league leading passing Dak Prescott, mm. uh, you know, a widely known as elite running back Zeke Elliott, um, former first round pick Amari Cooper, uh, the most star-studded offensive line in the NFL, a defense that features Demarcus Lawrence, Jalen Smith, and potentially Leighton Vander Esch. But Jason Garrett's the head coach. Mm. So, mm, it pains me that our friendship has to end like this because I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Wow. You you made me do this. Wow. Yeah, so... Yeah, I, as much as I think the Cowboys have choked on literally anything they could this season, I can't imagine they lose to the Eagles next week. It's like I, I, I feel fully confident the Rams are going to beat the Cowboys forty-one to seven this week. Wow! And then the the Cowboys are somehow going to, I don't know, miss a field goal win. Like how do you how do you win by a missed field goal that you miss? I don't know how, but they're going to do it. They're going to figure out how to beat the Eagles in the worst way possible. So, yeah, yeah. if that happens, you know, the, and the playoff picture ends up like it is, then we will have the Seahawks playing the Cowboys. And do you remember what happened in 2006 when the Cowboys played the Seahawks in the playoffs? Oh, man. That was the start of Romo's legacy. It was really and truly yes, it his was. most impactful legacy. Yes, you know, it was. you might you know, talk about Romo as a as a cowboy ring of honor kind of guy, or you know, as as this guy who collected all these stats and you know was better 
quarterback potentially than Troy Aikman, but I think of him as a choke artist. Mm. Really the Picasso of throwing fourth quarter interceptions. Like no one does it like Romo. That's, that is a, uh, that is an interesting feature for Tony Romo. I don't know if he (laughs) will uh, particularly like that characteristic, but I don't think it's disagreeable. And I do think you're right that uh, in 2006, when they played, it was the start of his kind of the choke artist argument that people were making left and right. And that, that would follow him for about 10 years or so. Yeah. I do want to apologize uh, because what I just ensured was that if, Tony Romo ever heard this episode, he will never come on our podcast. So I want to apologize for that. <laughs> like that is well, well, you know, I was I, I had high stakes for this podcast, uh, and it involved a lot of Tony Romo. So it, we may have to go a different direction and see if Jason Garrett. When Jason Garrett gets fired, maybe he'll need a, a little bit of residual income, and hmm. we can get yeah. some sponsors and give him a dollar or two to come on the podcast. That that sounds like a game plan. So. Let's move on and quickly let's let's talk about something you and I talked about on our first let's say rough draft of the podcast defensive player of the year. Uh, when we talked about it at first you were a proponent of Nick Bosa not only winning defensive rookie of the year but being a strong candidate for uh, NFL defensive player of the year. Are, are you still on board that ship or has that ship sailed? That ship has um, gone. It has undocked. I'm not a boat guy, so I don't really know a, a, to say. <laughs> like, has undocked, and it's getting ready to sail with other ships getting ready to dock. And what I mean by that is, right now, the the defensive player of the year uh, running has about what, Nick Bosa, Stefan Gilmore, T.J. Watt, and Aaron Donald. I saw an article today saying that Aaron Donald is actually favorite to win the uh, defensive player of the year. And, and that's fine. But I also is think, that, you know, is that kind of just by default? Like, I, Oh, who's going to win it? Oh, he's the best. I, I think it's somewhat by default. I think he's still, play, he's still playing okay this year. You know, he's still Aaron Donald. But if you look at the, some of the scores, the Rams have, have a really weird uh, defensive pattern. So one week, they, they let up 55 points to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then the next week they hold, uh, you know, what the Seahawks to 12 points. And, you know, and so it's just a very weird back and forth. And when you have a team like that giving up, you know, 44 points, 37 points, 29 points, uh, 55 points to competitors, I just don't know if I can give someone on a defense like that the defensive player of the year. To my, in my mind, it has to be one, a team that's pretty good. They can be. I think that they have to be above average, but they have to be pretty good. They don't have to be amazing. Two, it's got to be a good all-around defense. And then three, they... I don't think Aaron Donald falls into the category of having a good all-around defense this year. And I don't mean to take away from Aaron Donald, but I just think that I just feel weird giving defensive player of the year word to someone like him on a defense like that. Nothing against Aaron Donald again, but something against that Rams defense as a whole. That being said... That kind of leaves us with Nick Bosa, TJ Watt, and Stefan Gilmore. Um, I think TJ Watt is a very interesting candidate. And the reason why I say that is because the Steelers are uh, actually living. They're not just living, but they're in the playoff picture like we just discussed. If you take hmm. Nick Bosa's eight sacks and compare them to TJ Watt's 12 and a half sacks, it's obvious that TJ Watt has been uh, producing more when it 
strictly comes to sacks. Um, obviously, there are other things to factor in, you know, QB rushes, hurries, things like that. But TJ Watt is producing. He's playing really, really good defense. Um, he's on a he's on a good a good defense. It's not as good as Stephon Gilmore's Patriots defense or Nick Bosa's 49ers defense, but it is a stout defense. And I believe, you know, when you're going to the ranks of your third string quarterback, you have to rely on your defense. And that's what they've been doing, anchored by TJ Watt. So I would put TJ Watt in front of Nick Bosa. And then the question remains, am I going to put Stefan Gilmore in front of TJ, TJ Watt? And I'm going to go ahead and say no. Now, I think Stefan Gilmore is playing really, really well. Um, but I, I just don't know if he is playing as well as it's needed for a cornerback to, uh, to win defensive player of the year. Right. I mean, how many times has it been a linebacker or defensive lineman playing or excuse me, winning defensive player of the year. And it's really tough for a cornerback to do it. It hasn't happened at a really long time. Um, but he's just got to be amazing and he's playing very, very well. But I also think it is, it has to do a lot with kind of how the team is perceived by the voters. And I don't think the Mm -hmm. Patriots are being perceived very well. Um, as a team all around, even though the defense has been this year. I think it's going to go to TJ Watt, and JJ Watt is going to have to share the, the love. That'll what, like four defensive player of the year uh, trophies and the Watt household? Is- that's pretty JJ's incredible. Won- yeah, that is, that's amazing. And, you know, Derek Watt on the Chargers, who knows, he may uh, end up switching over to the defensive line. It's worked for his, you know, brothers and play linebacker and, and then get another one for the Chargers next year, along with Joey Bosa. That would be awesome. That's kind of I, my goal for it. I do hear he's going to be a Pro Bowler uh, on special teams. Yeah, that's that's what the word on the street is. I'm excited to see it. So we'll see if that uh, happens. Do you have any takes on the defensive player of the year? Do you completely agree, completely disagree with me, or are you neutral towards me, like most people? Well, it's interesting. I think there might be. If we if this was a second half of the year award, I think you'd throw in another candidate in uh, Marcus Peters mm. in the performance that he's put up with the Ravens. Um, you know, Jalen Ramsey's also done very well since being traded to the Rams. Um, but as a holistic season award, I might have to give it to Stephon Gilmore of the Patriots just because he has been so dominant in a position that's easy to measure dominance. You know, you can see what the guys that have gone up against him have done. And it, ju- it just hasn't been much. And, yeah, he's faced a pretty weak schedule overall. But, you know, outings against uh, Hopkins with Houston and, and others of, you know, close to that caliber, I think I think he's put up a, a great performance this year. And I'm, I might have to go with him. But I'll, I'll leave this as a tease into our next segment. Um, if it weren't for this player. So this player leads the league in interceptions. I don't know if you knew this or not, but what we're doing now for our listeners is I'm going to give Ben some stats and he's going to try to guess what player's stats these are. Now, the funny thing is, yeah, they lead the league in interceptions, but not interceptions caught, interceptions thrown. So this player has 23 interceptions and 26 touchdowns with a 61.3 completion percentage with 
4,115 yards. Which quarterback owns that stat line? All right. I like, um, so I, I, I thank you that you told me it was a quarterback because that, that narrows the field. <laughs> um, so, the, all right, I'm going to think through this. 26 touchdowns. You know, so they had a pretty good year. You said 23 interceptions. Is that right? 23 interceptions, leading the league. Okay, so they've got to be behind the cold. I think – is it a – how many How many guesses do I get? Because I could sit here and say 32 names. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one guess, and oh, then we'll probably right. discuss both players. If you get it wrong, we'll discuss both players. Okay. Okay, I like it. So someone who's thrown for a lot of interceptions this year as well. Um, I'm going through the list of quarterbacks in my head right now. Uh, and I am going to go with, is it a one and only Kirk Cousins? No, oh. that is incorrect. Oh, So let's look, let me find Kirk Cousins. Oh man, you're so wrong on this. You know, one. I I know Kirk because Cousins. I was thinking. Oh my goodness, Kirk Let's has only right. thrown four interceptions. Man, you know, I just had in my mind, I had the Kirk of old, not this new and improved Kirk Cousins that only throws four interceptions. Instead, I had the thirty interception, right. thirty touchdown Kirk in my head. It's it's hard to throw interceptions when you're handing the ball to Dalvin Cook, right? <laughs> That's very true. And uh, you don't see Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, you know, uh, tipping balls to the secondary like you saw probably Josh Dotson and I don't even know another Redskins receiver. That's how sad <laughs> that was. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, no. No, Kirk's had – I think Kirk's had an admirable year. You know, yes. he's on a – he's done enough. Um, is I, I still maintain he's better than Case Keenum. They probably made the right decision in, in – paying him and paying him what they did when they did, you know, now it looks it, in two years, it's going to look like a bargain when everyone's getting 40 million. I agree. I agree. All right. I, I'm doing this. Honestly, I'm not looking it up. I am. You're going to get my real visceral reaction when you tell me who it is. All right. So the player with 23 interceptions to 26 touchdowns, 4,100 yards, 61.3 passing completion percentage is none other than Jameis Winston. I uh, should have known. Should have known. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All you got to do is watch he, his uh, game on Sunday. You would have known that. I would have known <laughs> that. Man. Yeah. People keep describing him as, like you said, just unpredictable. You don't know if you're going to get good Jameis or bad Jameis. If he's going to come out and throw six touchdowns or five interceptions or both, you know, it, mm -hmm. it could happen. He, I mean, they've got to move on from him this offseason, right? I think so. I think so. I mean, the, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what Bruce Arians does with him. Uh, but I, I think they have to. I mean, they've they put up with him for so long, and he's been beat up, and he's had yeah. legal trouble and stuff. And it's just something you can put up with if he hasn't had those off-the-field issues and those injuries, but he has. And I, I think they've got to move on. If there was anyone who was going to – you know, have success with him. I believe it was Bruce Arians. I think Jameis Winston is not an athletic quarterback by most standards. You know, he's a he's a pocket passer, um, but I think he more resembles Big Ben than Michael Vick. Mm -hmm. And 
Bruce Arians had great success with, with guys that were, you know, maybe statues in the pocket, but had good pocket presence and, and strong lower bodies. And so I thought he had a chance to be successful, but he does have arm talent that will make him attractive to someone he hope for best case for Jameis, he has a Ryan Tannehill like situation come up. Maybe, you know, the bears, a team that, that doesn't want their quarterback chunking the ball downfield 60 times a game will bring him in and he'll show more arm talent than Mitch Trubisky. I don't know. It could we'll happen. See. It could happen. Okay. Now let's move on to our next quarterback. All right. I'm going to get it right this okay. time. All right. This quarterback has thrown for – 4,122 yards, 24 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and they have a QBR of 73.4. Can I, Who can, is this quarterback? Do I get the option to ask for another stat? Or no, is that illegal? Sure. Uh, if I don't want to give you another stat, I won't, but here I will. Okay. Uh, how many rushing yards do they have? Oh, man. Yeah. You had to ask me for the one I didn't have. <laughs> yeah, right. How do I make you do some work? I'm actually okay, just using this to, to Google the answer and impress everyone. So. <laughs> okay. Rushing. Man, it's going to be less than... 100 yards oh it is okay okay it is. all right so that narrows it down that definitely narrows it down um all right so 24 touchdowns 11 interceptions 4100 yards and the key is 73.4 and i did write that down i'm not a super nope. genius Sorry. nope that is 223 yards 223 rushing yards yards for rushing yes a quarterback all right um, man, I feel like there's a lot of quarterbacks that are kind of in this range of the 24 to 11 ratio right now. Um, with, okay. I think this is going to be, let's see. It's gotta be a quarterback who's doing pretty well to have thrown for 24 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. It's not bad. Uh, 4,100 yards is really up there. He does so he runs a little bit, so it's not Philip Rivers, it's not Tom Brady because it's not like one of those guys. Because I know that they do not have more than like one rushing yard this season, so I'm gonna go with <laughs> is it out of this triangle from North Carolina, Jacoby Brissett? No, it is not. No, it uh, is not. So let's look at Jacoby Brissett's. All right, let's see how bad of a guess. I feel like that stats. was that wasn't a, a terrible guess. Let's see. Jacoby Brissett. Stats. So we've got eighteen TDs. Okay. Okay. And six interceptions. All right. So kind of like now, sort of same ratio. Where, yeah, similar ratio, but where, where you're off majorly is in yards. Jacoby Brissett only has 24, or 
2,496 <laughs> passing yards. Oh, uh, really? Compared to oh. this player that has 4,122 passing yards. So Jacoby Brissett's had a, a decent year. Um, I can't think of an argument to make for the Colts being better with Jacoby Brissett than they were with Andrew Luck. Though. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough situation that he's in. Uh, they're likely not making the playoffs. I don't know if they've been mathematically eliminated, but they're pretty much eliminated. Uh, you know, is he your franchise quarterback through the Colts? Um, it, to be determined, but I absolutely uh, am going to have him going into next year as a starting quarterback. I mean, he he's a very good quarterback. I, I, I mean, I think he's a very serviceable quarterback. I don't think he's obviously not mm-hmm. the top tier, but if you're a team like the Colts, after what happened with Andrew Luck, you were lucky to have someone like Jacoby Brissett playing for you um, and then having him surrounded oh, by talent sure. as well. You know, T.Y. has been really banged up this year as well, and they've had to rely on guys like Zach Pascal and, um, and others, Marlon Maxman beat up. So getting a healthy team around him, I think will be key, but I definitely think he's easier quarterback, at least going into next year and then seeing what the future holds. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that now. And they are in a so much better position with Jacoby Brissett than the team. This team would have been if the correct player would have gone down. And that is the Dallas Cowboys own Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is actually leading the league in passing yards with 4,100 yards, Uh, 24 touchdowns. Let me see where that ranks. 24 touchdowns ties him for fifth in the NFL and 11 interceptions. I mean, that's not great, but it's, that's a decent ratio. You know, I I think I'll just say it doesn't seem like it. Right. I mean, out of all the flack that Mm -hmm. the Cowboys have gotten and there's there, they have a losing record. I mean, they're going to make plays, but right now they have a losing record. I mean, and everybody wants Jason Garrett fired. Normally someone like that doesn't have a quarterback who leads the league in passing yards um, so I remember when we were texting about this and you told me he leads the league in passing yards and I responded, leads the league in passing farts. I was very surprised <laughs> at that fact. I was like, wow, yep. that, that is, I did not, I did not know that, but their backup quarterback, he may not make the all NFL team, but he will make the all name team. If Dak gets hurt, his name, do you know what his name is off the top of your head? Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. There you go. I figured you know it from. Yeah, cowboy yep. country down there. Yeah, so and I've watched probably more cow more cowboy games this year than I have in past years because I'm in. I thought they were going to be good, and for some reason my coworkers started watching Cowboys games. So it was like, man, the, I'm the football guy in the office, and if I didn't watch the game, what was I doing? So mm. I've been watching, and man, I don't, I cannot tell you of another player that's made such a turnaround in my mind in how I think about them in such a short amount of time. When we were entering the off season this past year and, you know, we all knew, okay, Dak's probably going to get a new contract this off season. Hasn't happened yet, but we thought that was going to happen. I was thinking, okay, like, look, Dak Prescott's great, but he's Andy Dalton with legs, like give him 20 to 25 million and I won't be terribly upset with it, but don't give him like, don't make him the highest paid quarterback. Please don't give him, you know, $30 million. And then that off season, 
Russell Wilson goes and gets $35 million a year. And then Carson Wentz and Jared Goff go and get, you know, their $110 million contracts. And I'm like, this is nuts. Dak Prescott is going to get all this money, and he doesn't deserve it. He's not good enough. He's going to hamstring the Cowboys. Then the season started, and under Kellen Moore, the Dak Prescott has flourished. Like, they have, for a, for most of the year, Dak's looked excellent. And, and to me, he has looked as, you know, He's performed as a top three quarterback in my mind this year. Wow. I'm not saying wow. he has the talent of guys like Kirk Cousins, not Kirk Cousins, sorry, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, anybody like that, even Russell Wilson. But, you know, the stats don't lie. He's put up numbers, and he's he's led them to wins, and he keeps leading these comebacks, even though they don't win the games when they're coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, I – the Cowboys as an organization are all underachieving maybe except for Dak. Like he's performing much better than anticipated. So I'm, I'm a big believer. I think that, you know, Dak's going to get his money. He's going to get probably in between, you know, definitely in between 30 and 35 million. I, I can't see him breaking that 35 million mark and being the top paid quarterback in the league. And I wouldn't agree with that, but you know, I think, He's he's earning his way into, you know, if depending on how you tier your quarterbacks, um, that top tier in my mind. So if that top tier is is ten quarterbacks or even eight quarterbacks, I'm probably putting Dak Prescott in there. Wow, that's a hot take. I like it, man. That's hey, good. stats don't lie. Stats like I mean, yeah, yeah. You, there's garbage time and stuff, but like you gotta, you know, there's there's people that. There's receipt or there's quarterbacks probably in the NFL that couldn't complete 65% of their passes on air, let alone against a defense. So, you know, a la Jameis Winston with 61% right now. But that's fair. All right. So let's do one more. All right. How about we do one more quarterback? That sounds great. I'll get okay. it right this time. I believe in you. Okay. I don't. <laughs> All right. This one's got to be a good one. Got to be a good one. Okay, so this quarterback also has thrown 24 touchdowns, but to only nine interceptions. They have 3,425 yards with a completion percentage of 67.7. Who is that quarterback? Do I get, do I get rushing yards this time? Okay, let me pull that up again. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go. When you're doing that, I'm gonna go ahead and eliminate a few people. So the two people that you already did were Dak, and then earlier you did Jameis. And I don't think you you've done people that I've guessed. I don't think. I mean, you. I have not. Okay. All right. Cool. So who have I guessed? I have guessed Kirk Cousins, and I have guessed. Uh, bef- Dak's guess was. I don't even remember who I guessed. And it was Dak's turn. So that will probably so, hurt for me. But yeah, okay, rushing yards. Rushing yards, 344 rushing yards. 344 rushing yards. All right. So I know it's not Lamar Jackson. Um, interesting. So 
He has more rushing yards than James Winston. I know that. All right, 24 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 344 rushing yards, 34-25. All right, I have a I have a guess. Okay. I don't know if I want to go with this guess though. I get one guess. Um All right. I am going to guess Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, so close. Yeah. Very close, actually. As I'm looking, very similar stat lines. They are right next to each other in the stat of attempts. Aaron Rodgers has 441 attempts. The correct answer had 436. I was going off attempts. Aaron's, yeah, yeah. Aaron's completion percentage is 64%. This person's was 67. Yardage, 3,200 for Aaron, 3,400 for the correct answer. TDs, 23 for Aaron Rodgers, 24 for the correct answer. Interceptions, Aaron has done significantly better. Only two interceptions to nine for the correct answer. Um, I don't have rushing yards pulled up for Aaron, but I'm going to guess he's probably less than that. I hope it's not who I'm thinking. I hope it's not. I was between Aaron Rodgers and somebody else, so – I hope it's not who I'm thinking. But out of respect for the game, I'm not going to throw a second guess in there. I'm going to okay. admit I was wrong. And so here's another stat and that I was drawn to about um, the correct quarterback is sacks. And I didn't say that. And I might should have. But the correct answer is taking 38 sacks, which hmm. seems pretty high to me. And now that I'm, I'm going to sort it this way so I can see, okay, the high is 46, Kyler Murray – and the correct answer at 38 was sixth in the league. He's taken the sixth most sacks. But Aaron Rodgers, uh, how long, how long, how much longer is he going to play football? I, it, it's, I don't don't ask him, but ask his body. I don't know. It's, <laughs> I mean, he's is the team's looking good, but I don't, it's only a matter of time till he takes a bad shot, and then who knows. So if I say he's been healthy this year, is that jinxing him and? ensuring that he gets hurt in the first round of the playoffs? Uh, yes, it is. And if that happens, then we are sending him this podcast and he will listen to it and then he will give us a negative review, but it will be fine because we'll get publicity. So, But not saying oh, that sure. it will be fine that Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, just saying it will be fine that we get publicity. So, yeah, Aaron Rodgers was not the correct answer. I don't know how long he plays. He's doing great this season. Seems to be fighting positively with his head coach. You know, not not as much of the passive aggressiveness. You know, at least we've seen some we've seen some outbursts on the sidelines, which are, you know, if you're in any relationship, coach, player, employee, employer, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, there fights that don't make it to your lips don't do you any good Mm. and you know if if you don't bring it out in the open it's it's only going to get worse so you know i think that's a sign of a a good relationship between aaron and matt lafleur and uh you know they've been very successful this year um i don't know aaron's probably got a couple more years the question that i heard the other day was does you know does aaron love football 
the way that Brady loves football. Is he going to play till he's 45 or is he going to say, you know what? I'm 39. I'm 41. I'm, I'm going to hang it up. Like, I'm done. I'm going to go start a movie or something. I'm going to make cameos on Marvel movies or Star Wars movies or Game of Thrones like he's already done. You know, I don't know. I don't think anyone I could loves see football him hanging like it up Brady. At any point. I don't think anyone loves football like Brady, to be honest. That's, he bleeds true. football. That's a poor comparison on my point. <laughs> so the correct answer to that stat line, which was 67.7% completion percentage, uh, 3,425 yards, 24 TDs, nine interceptions, and it was Houston Texans' own Deshaun Watson. Uh, okay, that's not who my second guess was going to be. My second guess was going to be Russell Wilson, but I could see that. I could see that with Deshaun. He's having a good season. Yeah, he is. And I, you, you said something about him earlier and about not being, you know, a great quarterback. I think he is. I think hmm. there was a legitimate argument going into um, the game earlier this season where the Texans played the Chiefs that Deshaun might have been the better quarterback. I I was very high on him coming out of college and very low on Patrick Mahomes, so I've definitely missed the mark there. But, you know, Deshaun's, Deshaun's overcome a lot. You know, he's a lot like Andrew Luck in that his team has been good every year that he's been on the field and that it's not due to a strong supporting cast. Um, they've still got to put some pieces around him specifically on the offensive line, or he's going to end up like Andrew Luck injured and out of the league. Um, I think he's an incredible talent, a great leader. Doesn't have the arm talent of Patrick Mahomes, but could end up with just as good of a career um, if his team gets it together around him. You know, I agree. I think, I think he's, for me, he's still, he, he's still a above average second tier quarterback. I don't think he's in the first tier, but I could be wrong. And it will be fleshed out within the next few weeks uh, as they go down the stretch for the playoffs. That'll be um, something to watch and see how he performs as well. Hopefully he stays healthy and there's no problems on that end. Um, but we'll see. The playoff push will be interesting. Logan, it's been fun talking to you today. Um, I think some of the things we're going to chat about within the next month, college football playoffs coming up. That will be interesting. Of For course, sure. we will uh, be giving updates, I think probably just about every uh, episode about how our playoff teams are doing, uh, the picks we made today. Right. Um Listeners, thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, quagmires, anything at all, you can shoot us an email. And that email address is going for twopod19 at gmail.com. Again, that's going for twopod19 at gmail.com. Don't be shy. Let us know what you think of the show. If there's anything you want us to talk about, let us know as well. And until next time, Logan. It's been fun. It has. Thanks for listening, guys.